0: Welcome to another episode of Chingona's Only Club. I'm your host, Meli Ramirez, and today we're talking about parental relationships and parentification. If you've never heard about these topics, I urge you to stick around because they're very interesting. Also, this is the last episode of my first season. Yay! (laughs) So thank you so much for sticking by for season one. We are going to be taking, I always say we... It's me. It's just me. I am going to be taking the month of September off, and I will be creating episodes for you guys to start off and kick off Season 2. Hopefully, Season 2 will have some guests and a variety of topics that are of interest to the listeners. So if you would like to be a guest on Season 2, which starts October Please let me know, shoot me an email, shoot me a message, shoot me a DM. Just contact me and let me know you want to participate. And Or if you have a topic that you want to talk about specifically, please send it my way and I will make sure that I do some research on my end if it's not something that I'm familiar with. I'd love to do a and a session and answer all of the questions that you have for me regarding all of the episodes that you guys have heard. So if you have any questions that you'd like me to answer um let me know and i'll try to do that too at the beginning of every episode starting season 2 so without further ado get ready get comfortable and let's dive in hello So mother-daughter relationships is something that I have always been completely perplexed by because my own relationship with my mom has always been so complicated. If you've listened to earlier episodes, you know that I adore my mother. I respect her. She is my idol, but it wasn't always that way it took me a long time to come to a place where i could look back and appreciate all the sacrifices that my mother did for me so that we could get to this place where we are in what i consider a stable healthy relationship however Um, I wanted to explore some of the issues. And I think that, of course, I'm Mexican. So a lot of the things that I'm talking about could be cultural. I don't want to put a blanket over this topic and say that everybody's relationships are this way, because I know for a fact they are not. I remember seeing mother-daughter relationships growing up and just almost dying of envy, wishing that I could have that. And I didn't understand why it was that I could not. Achieve that with my own mother. So, I'm gonna take it back a little bit and talk to you guys about my mom and give you a little background so that you can understand where the difficulties came from. So, as you guys know from the first Chingona episodes one and two, my mother was pregnant at a very young age with me, at the age of 16, and then shortly after she got pregnant with my brother. So, she was a very young parent. And she grew up in a very poor town in Mexico. So she was not someone who had experienced, I think, a real childhood by today's definitions and standards. She never got to play. She never had toys. She just grew up very poor and having to sacrifice her childhood in order to be a contributor to her household at a very young age. So with that, my mom missed out on a huge part of her life. And it was something that I never realized until I got older. I will say that in the same manner that her parents forced her to grow up, not necessarily her parents, her parents were a part of it, but it was more her circumstances that forced my mother to be parentified. And for those of you who've never heard that term, you're not alone. I had not heard that term either. I heard a fellow podcaster talk about parentification and it piqued my interest and I started doing some reading and research and I realized that that was exactly one of the reasons why my relationship with my mother had such a strain on it for a very long time. So parentification is essentially when you force a child to grow up sooner than they're supposed to and take on the duties and responsibilities of a parent, either with their siblings or with family and force them by either circumstance or someone actually making you do something to grow up and do things that are far above their age or their I would say wisdom. An example of that would be my mom at 16 years old. She had kids and some people may say, well, no, she wasn't parentified. She was a parent. And while that's true, my mother was a parent before that. My mother was the oldest of all her siblings. And so she was forced to care for young babies and feed them and nurse them and change them, not nurse them, but and change them and watch them overnight and make sure that they were growing up healthy and strong and work to be able to provide for her younger siblings. Those are things that parents are supposed to do. And my mother, as the eldest daughter, she was parentified and had to take on these duties from a very young age. So when my mother had my brother and I, the act of motherhood itself was not something that she was unfamiliar with. So easily she was able to care for my brother and I. It wasn't something that was shockingly new to her. If a young girl today in high school got pregnant with a child, it would be an absolute complete shock because that girl has grown up in a society where she has not been forced to be parentified and raise young siblings. And that doesn't say that that's the same for everybody. Some girls today are still doing this, but culturally speaking, they're exposed to a lot more. They're able to communicate with friends. They're able to ask for help. They have more resources. Whereas if you're talking about in the 80s in a small impoverished town, that just wasn't something that was available to my mother. So... My mother had to take on all of these duties for her siblings at a very young age. And when she had my brother and I, it almost seemed like it was a natural path for her to marry young, for her to have children young, because Mexicans are essentially, we're a patriarchal, is that word? Correct? <laughs> we're a patriarchal society. Sorry, y'all. You know, sometimes the English, Spanish thing just kind of kicks my butt. But we have allowed patriarchy to set the standards in our culture. And a lot of the things and a lot of the appropriate cultural behaviors and acceptable behaviors that we've allowed in in our society are very much centered around men. We are there for them. We are there to serve them, to feed them, to clothe them, to marry them, (laughs) to take care of their household, their children, whatever the case might be. That's how it was. I can actually, I don't know. I haven't lived in Mexico for, um, what, 14 years now. I'm not sure if it's still that way to that extent. I think that it's come a long way, but you're talking about years and years of this type of mentality. And when you grow up in a society like that, women, young girls are parentified at a very young age, much more so than young men. Young men are definitely taught to work. So maybe they're parentified in that sense where they are burdened with having to be providers since they, as soon as they're strong and able to go out and work, but never really take on the roles of the household. So my mother grew up with that mentality, surrounded by people who believe very strongly that was the role of a woman. And when she came to this country with my father, who was supposed to be the provider, the strength, the head of the household, the head of the family, the one who made the decisions, my father... Didn't want any of that. He wasn't ready for it. He was way too concerned with being a young teenager. Because he was 16, 17, 18 years old. Right when we were babies. And all he wanted to do was enjoy being a young teenager boy. And what do boys do? They chase girls. And it was not my mother. So my mother had to learn very quickly that... The notion of a man being dependent on a man and taking care of by a man was just an idea. It was almost like a fantasy. My mom learned very quickly that she needed to do things on her own. And she had to shed some of that mentality. Her dependence on my father had to very quickly just disappear in order for her to get her bearings and figure out how she was going to continue to care and provide for her two kids. So that is my mother in a nutshell. In earlier years, I would say that as she got older, she stopped wanting to be accepted, loved and cared for by my father and realized that she had to be the one that cared for herself. And it became so deeply ingrained through many years of abuse and suffering that she became almost hyper-independent and got to a point in her life where she wanted nothing to do with any man. Not even, not my father, not anybody. Even after she divorced my father, she did not want anything to do with any man who could potentially at any point in her life tell her or her children what to do. This hyper-independence was one of the things that I first noticed about her and honestly it got kind of ingrained in me. Not intentionally, because I don't think that my mother ever thought that far ahead. She was just so young. And as she started to find her independence, I was growing up. And so I got to witness it. I got to witness her before and after almost. And it was such a transformation that it left me in awe. Every time I got to really witness moments of just greatness (laughs) of what I consider for her. But the problem with that is that she didn't shed all of these things that she learned. She may have learned that she didn't have to count on a man to be independent or depend on someone else. And she became super independent, but she still had a lot of values that were more cultural than anything. She was still very deeply religious. She still believed that women should not be dating around she was very antiquated in that sense despite the fact that she was very young and younger than most of my friend's parents probably by about 10 to 15 years (laughs) and she was always the most strict and I'm not sure if that was due to all of the horrible things that she saw and suffered through and maybe she was projecting her fears onto me But my mother was very overprotective and I was very resentful because if you heard any of the earlier episodes, I felt like my mother abandoned me when I was a child. And when she tried to protect me from things, I just felt like she was restricting me. I couldn't tell or discern what the difference was between the two. Being protective and being restrictive to me was the exact same thing. Every time she put her arms around me to hug me, I felt like she was just holding me down. And it wasn't something that I understood at that time in my life. I was way too emotionally just messed up to try and think about it. I never even wanted to give my mom an opportunity to explain or I would, even if she had, I don't think I would have understood her or cared to listen. But it strained our relationship pretty heavily. And it's a little crazy because my mom and I are the same person. We are both very independent. We're not blatantly like rude or whatever, but when we feel like our boundaries get crossed, we are very quick to say something and speak up and redraw those lines and make sure that people are well aware that they are not to cross them. Just like it took her a long time to get to that point, it also took me a long time to get to that point. Um, I will say that when she was young and also when I was younger, and we were both around the same age time frame, my mom and I were very short-tempered. And I think that was because she grew up never really learning how to control her emotions. When she was a teenager, which is when her emotions are most out of control, is when she got pregnant and had children and then went into an abusive relationship with a person who had no self-control. And there wasn't anybody that she could observe and mimic the good behaviors, the learned behaviors. There wasn't anyone she, she ever saw to learn those things from and I grew up in the same environment I grew up in an environment where if you got angry you screamed you threw things you punched walls and you broke windows that's what my dad did I grew up in an environment where you couldn't deal with your emotions and so you drank and you did drugs that's my father did my mother wouldn't express her desperation or her feelings or her thoughts she just cried That's what I did. And so all of the behaviors and the things that I learned were from my parents. And it almost built a wall between my mother and I. If we're not going to talk about our feelings, then just might as well add a brick there. If I'm going to cry every time I'm angry, instead of telling you why I'm crying or why I'm angry, then add another brick there and so on and so forth until eventually I built this wall between my mother and I. And... Every time that we managed to come around that wall and meet each other, we collided. And it was very difficult because I genuinely thought that my mother just hated me. And my mother thought that I hated her. And a lot of the times I always describe to people when I tell them about the complicated relationship that I had with my mom, despite the deep Deep rooted love that I felt for her. I tell them that my mother felt more like my sister when I was growing up. My mother was so young and she was so immature. And I feel like I can say that because my mom didn't, like I said, she never learned how to cope with her emotions. She was a child. When she got mad at me, she. Through things, she would argue with me like she was my sister. If you are a parent and you have children, you know that you don't argue with your child. You don't go down these rabbit holes where you start to try and justify your decision-making If they don't understand you, sometimes it's a matter of they just don't want to understand your logic behind your decisions. And when you start trying to explain to them every single time you go down this rabbit hole of back and forth, and it just creates more tension. There has to be a boundary set for both sides. Parents have to respect their children and children have to respect their parents. And for my mom and I, those lines were just non-existent. My mom and I would scream and fight with each other the way a big sister fights with her little sister. And that was not what I needed. I needed a mother, not a sister. My mom would poke fun at me and laugh at me because she was a kid. Things that parents, mature parents just don't do, my mother did because she was a kid. She was a child. And like I said, she never knew how to be a good parent is something that she really had to learn over a very long time and for me I never ever told her anything I can say now that I hated the way she did this and the way she did that but my mom and I never actually spoke about what it was that I wanted from her and like i said mother-daughter relationships at least in latino households this is a very common thing you always feel like you are more likely to be judged by your mom as a woman your mom is always going to be the one that tells you that you're too fat that you're too skinny that you're too loud that you're too manly too ladylike too there's never a middle ground or point of satisfaction Latinas our moms are very extremely critical and to the point where it's very hurtful and it causes so much trauma but it's because that is how they grow up and it's not to justify it because it is possible to change my mother and I are living proof of that but it's not uncommon to meet another Latina and ask her about her relationship with her mother. And she can tell you, yeah, we get along great. And if you ask, well, was it always like that? More than likely, the answer is going to be no. Or till this day, the answer is no. Because some people never get past it. My mom and I, we are both, in our own rights, the matriarchs of the family my mother has almost inadvertently began to pass that down to me. That happened naturally over time because like I said, I was parentified as a child and I took care of my siblings. I took my siblings on my youngest little brother. I took him to his first day of school. I used to pick him up from the babysitter. My summers were spent taking care of this little baby (laughs) and When I was in high school, I remember that if I wanted to go out on a date or something to the movies, my mom wouldn't let me go without my little brother. And he was only like three or four at the time. So he was a little kid. And I I was like, okay, like my little brother went with me everywhere. And people just assumed he was my kid. They thought that I was just a teenage mom, which in LA, especially in the center of LA, That's not an uncommon thing to see. You see little girls with babies. That's normal almost. And it's sad to say, but it was. So nobody really raised an eyebrow when they saw a 16, 17-year-old girl with like a four-year-old. They just didn't. And because of that, my little brother treated me and regarded me as in the same manner which he regarded my mother. Which was like a parent, someone he respected, an elder. He, the consequences of his actions were always going to be something that he felt was going to land on my lap. And I was going to be the decision maker of whether his actions or consequences were good or bad or what they were going to be because I was the one that was around him the most. Obviously he knew who his mother was But my mom had softened over the years. And those of you who have multiple siblings, you know that if you're the oldest, your parents are always the strictest with you because they don't know how to parent and they just want to suffocate you with their love. (laughs) And if you're the youngest, you know that by the time they get to you, they're tired. (laughs) And they're probably not thinking about that as much. And they realize that, they almost they learn from their mistakes in parenting. And it sounds horrible, but it's the truth. Just it's it's human nature. We just tend to learn from our past and they realize that maybe what they did with your first or second kid isn't wasn't such a good approach. And so they perfect it as they move along. And so my little brother viewed my mom as kind and sweet. She never yelled at him. He never heard her scream. She never lost her temper he had a very different mother i was the age gap between he and i was about 10 11 years and so my mother that i knew the mother that i knew was not the mother that he knew and neither one of us could reconcile how the other one felt about our mom so my mom over time she did kind of past that almost is like passing a torch, right? Of you are the matriarch of this family. You are the one that is going to carry on and make sure that your brothers are okay, and ensure that they're always making good decisions and ensure that you're always looking out for them and there to help them when they need it. I don't mind, I love my brothers, I love my siblings, but not everybody feels that way. And sometimes that expectation can be absolutely devastating. It can crush you. The expectations that your mother places on you as a, as a woman, the expectation that you're gonna go and get married and have a husband, a good husband, and you're gonna have children, you're gonna be an excellent mother. Um, those are the expectations that can just be detrimental to the relationship that you have or could have with your mom. Because if you don't meet any of their expectations, you feel, even if they don't say it, like you absolutely just let them down and like you're not good enough. I will say that I think that my mother had those expectations for me when I was younger. And as she got older, she realized that I'm crazy and I was going to do whatever I wanted to do. And at one point, my mom actually thought that I would never have children. She's like, You are just mean. (laughs) Because I was an angry kid, remember? I was an angry teenager. I was angry at the world. I was freaking mean. I was a horrible, mean person. And it sucks. It sucks to say that about yourself. But it's the truth. I'd be lying if I said I was a good person. I don't think that I was at that point in my life. And my mom just assumed that I would never get past it. That I was... Too far gone, almost. And that was devastating. (laughs) So it's crazy because their expectations can crush you. And then when they stop having them, it's like you don't know how to breathe without them. It's wanting to please someone. And when they stop wanting you to please them, you don't even know how to function. You don't know what to do with yourself. So our relationship was very complicated. It was almost like when my mother was ready, when I wanted my mother to be my mother, she wasn't ready. When she was ready to be my mother, I didn't want to be her daughter. And we kind of played this <laughs> this this game of tag, you're it until I had until I got married and had my first baby. When I had my first baby, I had a very, very difficult birth. I was in labor or not birth, very difficult labor. I was in labor for 36 hours. I did not know. I felt like I was dying. Honestly, there was no pain medication that was functioning for some reason. My body just did not detect the epidural or the medication that they were trying to give me to numb the pain there was no getting rid of it so for 36 hours I was just in the most agonizing pain of my entire existence and more than that I was surrounded by people my husband was there my mother-in-law was there my sister-in-law was there his brother was there his brother's wife was there his whole family came out in full force and they went to San Diego because it's where we were so that they could be there for the birth of the baby and my family could not because as I've told you before as undocumented people you can't really get too close to the border because a traffic stop can turn into a full-blown deportation and so I didn't want to risk my family and they did not come to the birth of my baby even though they wanted to. And I was devastated despite the fact that I was surrounded by all these people. And despite the fact that I was in so much pain, the only thing I could think about was how the only person I wanted in that room to hold my hand and tell me that everything was going to be okay was my mother. I just wanted her. I just wanted my mom to hold me And my mom to just kiss me and tell me that I was strong and I was capable of doing this and that my baby was going to be okay and she was the only person that I think in that moment of agonizing horrible pain she was the only person who could have made a difference I think that the air would have immediately become lighter had my mom entered that room at that moment and if she had just held my hand I would have felt stronger and if she would have just told me that things were going to be okay i wouldn't have been so concerned for my baby and i would have just accepted that this was natural and it was all going to be fine in the end because i needed that reassurance from the woman that raised me right and all i wanted after my baby was born all i wanted was for my mom to see him I didn't want anybody, I didn't care about anybody else. I just wanted to, it's like, I don't know if you guys have like puppies or kitten or cats. And then when they have puppies or they have kittens, and then they pick them up with their mouth and they bring them to you to show you. Like, look what I made. <laughs> I felt like that's what I, what I was doing. I was like, look mom, look at my baby. Look at this baby. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous and silly, but. That really was all I wanted to do. I just wanted to show my mom the baby that I built from scratch and been like, I made that nose, I made those little fingers and toes and eyes and everything. And I realized in that moment that I needed my mother more than I needed to breathe. I wanted her to be in my life. I wanted her to tell me every piece of advice that I never wanted to hear. I wanted her to hold my hand. I wanted her to pat me on the back and just tell me to calm down. (laughs) I needed her because I needed to draw strength from her. Because at that point, I didn't think that I could be a mother. And it was a little too late to back out because I had a full-blown ass baby in my arms and i just wanted someone who knew me really knew me to tell me that i could do this and i think that's the complicated part between mothers and daughters we love them so much and they love us so deeply but we have to accept the fact that our relationships are like a fucking roller coaster (laughs) they evolve so quickly and rapidly that sometimes you miss it you don't even realize how much your mom has changed because it happens right before your eyes and it happens while you're going 100 miles an hour which it just it's not something that you're looking for or expecting and then you realize that you're in the same spot finally <laughs> it's no more tag you're both in the same exact spot at that moment and you can finally just call it a truce and at least that's how it was for my mother and I once I became a parent i told my mom that I loved her, that I wanted her to be my mother, and I wanted her to be the grandmother that I knew she would be to my kids, but I did not need her (laughs) to be the mother of my children, that she had already raised her kids and she needed me, and she needed to let me raise my children. And that was really hard for me to say But I knew what the crushing expectations from your mother could do to you at that point. And I didn't want her to create more of those expectations. I didn't want her to constantly be watching me as a mother and feeling like she was going to criticize everything that I did. I didn't want her to watch me as a wife and tell me how I could do better. That's not what I needed from her. And so I made it very clear to her that she got a chance to raise her kids and now that I had mine she needed to let me raise them that she had already raised me and she needed to just trust that she did a good job that was really hard for her that was really hard for her because when grandparents see their grandkids they just want to spoil the shit out of them and they get like amnesia and forget how strict they were with you and they get mad at you if you just hint at raising your voice at your child. Uh, And I told my mom, I'm not perfect. I don't have patience. I don't know why I chose to have this baby now, because I definitely have a lot more growing and maturing to do. But you know what, my baby's here. And I love him. And I'm going to do the best that I can. And you just need to trust that. And when it came to my husband, That was a hard line because I saw how my mom in her marriage to my father, besides the fact that he was just incredibly abusive to her, he also allowed his family to interfere in their relationship. And so did she. She never drew those lines or boundaries. And they were allowed to have opinions and they were allowed to interfere in their arguments and they were allowed to voice their concerns. And When I got married to my husband, I made it extremely clear to both his family and mine that our marriage was our own and that if I ever needed their advice on anything, I would ask for it. If I ever needed their opinion, then I would ask them. But if they ever voiced it without me asking for it, I was simply going to take offense to it, because in my opinion, it would have been a form of criticism. And I had enough outsiders to criticize me, I didn't need my family to do it. And they didn't understand at first, when you do things like that, when you set boundaries before people even break them, they almost take it as you're being extremely hostile and defensive for no reason. And I expected that, honestly. And I had to deal with that fallout. It took me a long time, I think, to get close to my husband's family. But it wasn't for lack of trying. It was more for being consistent with where my boundaries were. And them getting to a point where they knew that I loved their son, their brother very much. And that all I wanted to do was have a family with him. And they knew that I loved his kids, their grandkids and their nephews so much that I would want to be a good parent to them and that there was nothing that I would ever do to jeopardize any of those things, to jeopardize my family. And over time, both my family and my husband's family understood that was something they needed to respect and my relationship with my mother from that point on was so different and it's so beautiful honestly because I can just call my mom whenever and we can just talk about the most random things and she never tells me you need to do more of this you need to do less of this unless she's telling me that I need to get more rest because she knows that I work a lot but she tells me that I'm a great mother all the time. Even though she's not around to actually witness me being a parent. She just sees the kids and she sees them so happy and so kind and just sweet and sometimes even crazy. She just looks at me and she just tells me that I'm a good mother. That I've done a good job. And that means the world to me coming from her. When she tells me that I'm, I'm a good wife and that I'm just good person in general that means everything to me and it's great but some people are crushed by that the need for that approval and they never get it and i will say that that complicates relationships mother-daughter relationships just in general parent parental relationships because if you get that approval in the manner in which i got it then it feels good but if you get that approval and you're resentful about what you had to do in order to get it it feels horrible it feels awful because that resentment just grows and grows and grows and I would say that if you can never get that approval understand that it's not your fault if you're if you have a mother whose approval you can never get Understand that your mother has never really understood what's right. And it may not be for lack of trying. It just, it, it will take them an entire lifetime to unlearn what they learned. And I would say just, if you're up for it, don't give up. Because what comes after is totally worth it. But I understand that it can be mentally devastating And some people just choose to let those relationships go. And that's fine too. Not everybody makes it out in the end. But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Because, I don't know, I was thinking about my mom. (laughs) And I wanted to make sure that I ended the season the way that I started, which was talking about the woman I love more on this earth and that's mi madre and pretty much the lessons that I learned just growing up with her so with that said I hope that you guys don't leave me or abandon me while I'm on break to say that my plate is more than full is an understatement right now and so this season ending couldn't have come at a better time Just because I need to recharge my batteries, get my mind right, make some great content for you and, you know, take care of myself because I always preach about mental health and right now, I need a break. I need a break. (laughs) So hopefully, you guys come back for season two and you send me some inputs about what you want to hear me talk about during season two and again if you want to be a guest hit me up let me know that's it adios